and welcome to PassPack Podcast, your audio passport from physician assistant student to certified and beyond with your host, Rebecca Harrell, MPAPAC. Today, our bonus destination is a discussion about my top five study tips and what the heck does high yield mean anyway. So sit back, relax, and let's get to it. Hey everyone, it's Becca. I wanted to give you guys a good insight about my top five study tips and how I found success during PA school. And no matter if you have been doing PA school for a while, your past didactics, or if you're preparing for PA school, I think this episode will really help you guys um, as you move forward because exams are endless even after you become a PA. Also, I remember my biggest question when I started PA school was, what is high yield? Everybody keeps saying the word high yield, and I have no idea what it means. How do I know what high yield is? I wanted to really give you guys a good explanation of what that means and how you'll be able to figure that out by yourself. High yield is testable material. That's it. And you won't know what's testable until you take tests, and you don't want to see the question for the first time on an exam, which is why practice questions And active studying is so important to figure out what is high yield. Because if it's high yield enough to be on a practice question, then it's high yield enough to show up on your exam. So I always tell people high yield just means it's testable. It doesn't necessarily mean that if a patient doesn't present with this high yield presentation that they don't have a certain disease. It just means that it's testable. And things that are testable are things that are unique, things that are most common, things that have buzzwords associated with them. And even though the buzzwords themselves might not be used as much anymore, they're still high yield because they will still give you the definition of the buzzword. So memorizing the buzzword is a really good way to quickly recall during an exam, oh, I remember this was this buzzword. I remember this presentation meant this buzzword and that was associated with with this diagnosis. So it's a really good way to quickly categorize things in your brain and recall it for exams. Other things that I commonly see as high yield or commonly tested on are things that present similarly or sound the same. And in this case, you want to remember the differences matter. So if you know that all gallbladder differentials, for the most part, the first line imaging for them is all going to be ultrasound, right? then you don't necessarily have to memorize that part. You just know that all of these differentials are going to be ultrasound. What is more high yield is, okay, which one gets a HIDA scan? Which one gets an ERCP? What is more specific? What is more sensitive? And that is what is going to be tested on. I've occasionally seen some really easy questions like it's ultrasound as the initial, but for the most part, the differences are what matter. So if you just know that all of this group all gets initial diagnostics the same way, then all you need to go on and learn is the differences. You can group them like that. I found that really helpful. Other things that are similar are things that sound the same. Obviously, the gallbladder differentials sound the same, but also things like polymyalgia rheumatica versus polyarteritis nodosa versus polymyositis, right? So all of those sound really similar, and they know that that's going to trip you up. And so If you're having trouble with that, make sure that when you're writing them in your notes, you're doing a little comparison chart 
between things that sound the same, even if they might not present the same way, just because you don't want to get into the exam and go, oh, shoot, what is that called again? And a lot of those times, you can break those down based on falling back onto your medical terminology. So if a patient has polymyositis, that is going to be myositis. So that's going to be muscular. You're going to get your muscle pain and weakness. Whereas if you have polyarteritis, you will present with things like vascular insufficiency, vascular problems, because we've got arterial disease, right, happening. And then if you have something like polymyalgia rheumatica, rheumatica, we have joint pain. So just in, in, if you're ever stuck on an exam, just remember to fall back onto your med term when it comes to differentiating similar sounding names. And that can sometimes help you as well with the high yield um, differentials. Now that we've kind of talked about what is high yield and why does it matter and how you figure it out, aka practice questions, let's get into my top five study tips. Study tip number one, don't forget what you did to succeed in undergrad, but be open to tailoring it to the intense schedule that you're going to get in grad school. So if you used to write your notes, you might need to change to typing your notes or only writing out high yield or comparison charts like we talked about or buzzwords, things you really want to remember. I recommend opening up PowerPoints or type notes into OneNote or Notability and then writing on top if you really want to write. But there's so much information that it's really, really hard to write everything down, even if that's what you were used to. If you want to try, by all means try. But at the same time, I know a lot of people who tried to stick to their guns with writing their notes in first semester of PA school and quickly had to change, myself included, um, because my hand was tired. And in PA school, our time is limited. So we need to make good use of our time and writing notes while it's kind of active in a way. It's mostly just passive studying, which is why you don't want to spend as much time writing these notes, doing this passive studying. You want to spend more time doing active studying, which means practice questions, practice quizzes, constantly challenging yourself to get out of your comfort of writing notes. You have to be uncomfortable to learn, and uncomfortable means getting questions wrong on practice exams, so you get them right in exams. My study tip number two is start practice questions day one. Don't try to wait until you feel like you know the information well enough or you really feel comfortable with the information. Don't wait. Quizlet has a ton of free practice questions. You can use mine. They're on my website. In didactic year, I used Anatomy Guy, UMish, Smarty Pants, and Exam Master for practice problems. In clinical year, I used Rush Review, Smarty Pants, UWorld PA even has some good questions. Um, you can also check out my website for a full compilation of resources and then I also used podcasts all the time to question myself. So obviously, I liked them so much that I decided to make my own. For a quick review, I really liked listening to MedGeek's clinical review, and that is done by a PA. I also really like Cram the Pants. It's done by another PA, obviously, Cram the Pants. And he gives really good, simple mnemonics that he used to remember complex differentials or high-yield differentials that I really, really utilized during exams because I would remember all of these crazy um, mnemonics that he used. Another one of my favorites is the Audio Pants and Pantry, and that's done by Stephen Pasquini, who is also the founder of Smarty Pants. And then another one I really liked is Zero to Finals Medical Revision Podcast. That's done by Dr. Watchman, and he will do one diagnosis at a time, but they're really quick, like less than 10 minutes. On my rotations, I got into different specific podcasts for those rotations. Again, that's all on my website, and you can see those recommendations I have for each one of my clinical rotations. 
At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter how you get your practice questions in, just start them right away. Don't wait until you think you're ready. If you're gonna get questions wrong, even if you get 100% of the questions wrong day one, at least you will get them right on the exam. So again, I cannot say it enough, start right away. Tip number three is don't feel obligated to continue doing something that clearly isn't working. Your classmates might be some of your best friends and they will be some of your best friends and you don't need to feel like you're married to the first study group you're in. It might be that you get into a study group and then you find that their way of studying is not your way of studying. Instead of forcing it to happen, change up your study group, change up your method, study alone, do what you need to do. There is no hard feelings when it comes to studying the way you need to study in PA school, no matter what. So don't stick to anything that is not working for you. I knew plenty of people that were individual studiers when they were in undergrad and then they came into PA school and then they really thrived off group studying. And for me, I thrived off group studying in undergrad, but found that when I got to PA school, I really, really succeeded with the individual study. And that's what I ended up doing a lot of the time. And I would split the work like notes and writing questions with a few of my friends. But for the most part of actual studying, I was doing that all on my own. And that's what really worked for me. But again, in undergrad, that's not what worked for me. Be open to being honest with yourself about what's working and what's not and be willing to change it. My fourth tip is spaced repetition. This is a tip you're going to hear a lot when you start out PA school and over your whole career, and that's because it really works. Don't look over something once and think that you're going to be an expert on it and remember it forever. No matter how unique it is, I promise you that you will forget it if you forget to pick the book back up and look at it again or go over multiple questions on it again. It doesn't matter how much you think you're going to remember it. I promise there is too much information. You will end up forgetting it if you don't go back over and review. So every pass counts. Pass one, review the lecture before class. Pass two can be the lecture. Pass three is taking your notes, whether it's writing or typing. And then pass four, five, six, seven, all the way up to 100 should be your practice questions. So as many passes as you can get on a certain subject before your exam is going to improve your retention and recall during the exam. Quizlet is a really great resource to use for creating cards, which again, creating cards is another pass, and then reviewing those cards for extra passes. And then Anki is also good for space repetition, um, but I found that to be overall less user-friendly and it's not very entertaining and good to look at, but I really like Quizlet and I found Quizlet was better for PAs anyways, whereas Anki is usually used by medical students. It's up to you, but personally, I liked using Quizlet. My fifth and final tip is review what you missed. After exams, even if you are miserable and you don't want to, take some time and go back over your notes and review the concepts you had a hard time on during the exam. If you want to wait until your exam score comes out so you're not freaking yourself out, by all means wait, but I recommend going back through and really, even if it's just highlighting the things that you struggled on, highlight them. When you're ready, go back through and go back over it and try to write down or do a comparison chart about what tripped you up because chances are if you got it wrong on an exam once you will not get it wrong again on a future exam just because you went back over you reviewed what you missed you realized where it tripped you up and you learned from your mistakes so make sure you're learning from your mistakes by going back and looking it over afterwards again when you see a question on an exam you know that's high yield why because they tested on it that's why it's high yield it's testable material you saw it on an exam so if you saw it once on an exam, 
chances are you're going to see it again and again and again. And you don't want to keep on missing it again and again and again because you're being stubborn and don't want to go back and look at the things that you missed previously or think that you'll remember it again when it comes up because chances are you'll still get mixed up on the same thing if you don't take the time to get uncomfortable Get in that mess of studying, that dirt and grit of studying with this active form of studying and getting multiple passes on things that are complicated. I promise you will be better for it. I promise that you will start seeing improvements in your scores if you start this active learning, multiple passes, spaced repetition, and taking the time to find what works for you and spending your time wisely. Those are my five tips and what high yield is anyways. I really hope this helped you all and gave you an idea of the things that really worked for me and my classmates during our time in school. Let me know what you think. Please like, review, subscribe, comment, share, do all the things. Check out my other review podcast for right now, almost every EOR, it seems like. Um, and we are just gonna keep moving and grooving. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at passpack underscore passport. Be sure to check out the website for more blog posts, transcripts for this episode and all my episodes, as well as a whole ton of resources for you guys that I have set up by pre-PA, didactic year PA, clinical year PA, pre-grad, post-grad, everything. Um, Go check out my website. I have a ton of resources there for you. Other than that, thanks for tuning in and safe travels. Thank you for joining me today on PassPack. I hope you enjoyed the show and learned something along the way. Until next time, safe travels. As a responsible disclaimer, PassPack is not intended to be used as medical or legal advice, and though I try to always keep it educational and evidence-based, any and all opinions or viewpoints shared on PassPack do not represent those of my employer or the profession at large.